You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. As I mentioned in a previous segment, uh, Matt, uh, rookie minicamp kicked off today. We got our first uh, opportunity to talk. Well, not our first opportunity. They were in the facility. I was in the facility. Everybody was there. I got to see them on the practice field. There were footballs involved. There were footballs there. Um, They didn't often throw the football. It was was weird. Uh, Hmm. Like when they were going through some of the – it was more like a walkthrough than it was an actual practice. Okay. Um, Probably taking it from the board to the field for yeah, the first time. Yeah, seeing who yeah, could right. do what and how, who, who learns quickly. That's kind of how that worked. Uh, but we had an opportunity to uh, chat with Pat Fryermuth today after practice. Cool. Uh, so I did want to play that back. And uh, we'll do this with a couple different guys just to hear what their reaction yeah, was to, to the practices. So uh, here's what Pat Fryermuth had to say about practice today. Okay, Pat. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the, the nickname Baby Gronk. Uh, I saw that Penn State gave that to you. Uh, how did that come about, and how do you feel about it? Uh, I guess it came about just because I'm from that area, um, War 87. Obviously, Grant played for the Patriots for a long time, grew up you know, kind of watching them. Um, you know, I hate it because, you know, I think it's, you know, pretty annoying <laughs> that I'm being called, you know, baby Gronk. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to get rid of away that from that nickname. So, uh, I don't want to be called that. <laughs> Gary Dulac, Post-Gazette. Hey, uh, Pat, uh, just to talk a little bit about uh, both your ability to catch the ball and block, being a kind of a two-dimensional tight end. And Steve Jones told me you never dropped a pass in the red zone while you were at Penn State. <laughs> Can you confirm that? Is yeah. that true? Yeah, that's true. Um, never dropped a pass in the red zone. Um, you know, that's where your plays um, you know, are there for the taking. And, you know, you get very limited opportunities down there. So, you know, when I – Got my number called and everything like that. You know, I wanted to make the most of it. So, you know, the red zone is time to lock in and score some points and, you know, make touch and get touchdowns. Um, yeah. Go ahead. No, it's number. Sorry. Jeff Hawthorne, 93.7. And how much have you been able to look at the offense? How do you – just overall, how do you feel about your fit here? Uh, I love my fit. I think, you know, it, it's perfect. Um, you know, I'm very happy that I'm here in Pittsburgh and, you know, the offense is, is awesome. I think it's very – um, you know, complex, and you know, I think it's going to utilize you know the talent that we have on this roster. And um, you know, from the first walk through today, um, felt great. It felt you know, like I understand most uh, that's going on. Chris Damsky, Trib. I've seen Coach Tomlin and even some of the assistants come up to the tight ends right away and want to see them on the sled block. I don't know, rookie camp, you probably can't do sleds and stuff like that, but. Did you just from the pre-draft process? Is it true that the Steelers? We we can't understand you either. Your your audio is doing something really weird. If you want to just text me your question, I can ask it to him. That seemed to work with Triv. Okay. Okay. Will Graves, Associated Press. Pat, I'm just curious. What were your impressions of seeing Najee out there, and and sort of what are the the prospects of maybe you got a chance to meet him and maybe your other fellow rookies at all? And sort of what's the vibe that you guys are, are trying to get here? Yeah, I mean Najee's impressive. Obviously, you know he he's a hell of a running back, and 
you know, through a walkthrough today, you know, he makes very good cuts and you know, he's very smart with the football and, um, you know, he, he's, he's a really good guy. Um, same, I've kind of connected with him and Kendrick. Um, Kendrick's a really good guy too and he, he's very big and built and, um, you know, he's just, they're both of them are very, very good guys. Aditi King Kabala, NFL Network. Hey, Pat. Um, you mentioned the offense earlier, and you said already you really like it. Well, for all of us, this is a new offensive coordinator, so we're really not familiar with what's going on. Can you tell us what about it do you like? What appeals to you? What has you feeling like, okay, this is going to be something that can really run all over the league with? Yeah, um, you know, it's it's complex, but it's simple in the same way. Um, you know, I think, you know, Coach Canada puts – you know, um, guys on the field where they can create mismatches. And, um, and I think he does a good job just kind of understanding and kind of, you know, figuring out what the defense weaknesses are. Um, and I kind of can see that with the looks that he, he gave out there for the look team today and um, just kind of what he's put together, um, you know, in camp so far. So, um, you know, I really like the offense and, I, and, you know, I enjoy being in it so far. And since Thomas left me over, and thank you, Thomas. Pat, one more. What sort of interaction have you had with Ben Roethlisberger so far? Yeah, so he actually called me, you know, the day after I got drafted. Um, I mean, he reached out, and he, he's an awesome guy. Um, you know, he, he's taking us, me and, and Najee and Kendrick out to dinner tomorrow night. Um, you know, he, te he texted back and forth a couple times with us. And, um, you know, my locker's actually next to him. So, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's really – it's pretty cool just, you know, seeing him um, when I was a young kid, you know, being in the NFL and, and look, oh, that's Ben Roethlisberger. Now um, my lockers are next to him. So it's, it's pretty cool and definitely surreal. Thanks. All right. Mike Prezuda, DVE. Pat, your, your willingness to block is pretty well documented. You've been described as a guy, though, who is better physically with the ball in your hands than you are actually blocking. Would you agree with that? And how do you get that blocking part up to speed along with your receiving part? Yeah, you know, I think blocking is definitely something that you can, you know, you always can get better at. Um, definitely, that's definitely something I need to get better at. You know, I think I was a very adequate block in college and, you know, I was able to get the job done when I needed to. Um, but, you know, here, you know, I just want to bring back kind of the mentality I had my freshman year, just kind of, you know, go in there and, and, and block them as hard as I can and, you know, make some plays in the, in the run game. And, you know, the, the plays in the pass game are going to come and, and, and I'm not, not going to push for that, but, you know, I'm here to you know, make an impact blocking right away. So, you know, that's what I'm going to pride myself on. This is from Chris Adansky, Trib, and kind of a good follow-up to that. Um, did you feel as if the Steelers emphasized blocking more from tight ends in the pre-draft process as opposed to other teams? And in your time interacting with the team early, have they emphasized it more and blocking techniques with you? Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't really say they kind of hammered it a lot, you know, in the pre-draft process. It more kind of gets to know me. Um, but, you know, being out here in the past couple of days and out on the field today, you know, they definitely, um, you know, want the tight end that can, you know, go out there and block and make a difference. And so, you know, they definitely emphasize that with me. And, you know, I'm ready for the challenge. All right, last three questions. Dan Lally, UK. Pat, as, uh, as Aditi mentioned, uh, we're learning what the Matt Canada offense might look like as well. Uh, did you notice a lot of pre-snap motion uh, in the playbook? And how much of that did you do at Penn State? Uh, yeah, there, I mean, there's a decent amount. Um, you know, just from the first install that we did, I, you know, there's, there's a decent amount. Um, you know, I did a, not really pre-snap motion um, at Penn State. You know, I kind of, you know, Sometimes with motion and depending on a look or something like that, but you know we were kind of at Penn State, kind of kind of get set and, and, and roll with the play we had. So it's gonna get some you know adjusting to, but you know I, I felt good doing it in the, in the, today. Tim Ben, Strim. 
Uh, this is a bit of a follow-up to what Jerry was talking about with the red zone, but correct me if I'm wrong. When you joined us after uh, you got drafted, you said some of the effect that your freshman year, you did a lot of red zone stuff while Gasicki was with you as well, correct? Like you guys would come out together in the red zone, you get a lot of targets there? Yeah, well, Mike was actually left before I got there. Oh, Michael left before. Your freshman year, so you got a lot of red zone targets, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, yeah. um, is that something that we could see a lot of with you and Ebron together? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, I think, you know, um, Ebron's, you know, he's an awesome guy and, you know, he's, he's a hell of a football player. So I'm excited to learn from him and, you know, kind of see what, you know, his task for us uh, in 12 personnel is to what we do and what we're asked to do. And you know, I'm excited to see, you know, that, that stuff. All right. Last question from Nick Farabaugh, Pittsburgh Sports Now. Hey, Pat, um, I, we talked a lot about your blocking, but I want to know more about your comfort level as a receiver. Do you, obviously you played a lot of H back, a little bit of F at um, Penn State. Do you kind of feel comfortable working outside because Matt Cannon in the past has worked his tight ends all the way to the boundary as an X, as a Z. Do you think you can do that all the way from that to a Y on the interior to an H back? Yeah, I think, I, you know, I can do it all. I think that's, you know, kind of, um, you know, that kind of prospect I was. I just kind of, you know, making sure that, you know, I'm very versatile and, you know, can do it all in the field and whatever's asked, you know, line up in that fullback position or, you know, spell to that extra Z receiver. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm ready to do whatever they ask me to do. And I'm just excited to, you know, see, you know, my progression in this offense. That was new Steelers tight end Pat Fryermuth with the uh, media after today's practice uh, over at Heinz, not at Heinz Field, at the UPMC Rooney mm-hmm. Sports Complex. Um, had a chance to talk to him. We also had a chance to talk to Kendrick Green, the Steelers' new center. And, um, Interesting. Uh, we, he was also asked about the offense. You're getting a chance to talk to two of the uh, the guys learning the new offense. Yeah. Uh, um, they don't know what to compare it to from last year, but still. They can give mean, you some insight. They give you some stuff. Right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, here's what uh, Kendrick Green had to say as well. There was a video of you doing Nordic curl just before your pro day. Why was it so important for you to set a goal to do one during your training with Duke Ma- Mannyweather? And how does that toughness in training translate to your play on the field? Um, so just, uh, you know, it was something we were doing and during a workout one day, just in the pre-draft process down in, uh, down with Duke. And, um, I, I, I got really close to going all the way down and coming back up, but, uh, couldn't quite get in each week. I kind of just progressed and like, I would always try and get one rep, you know, and, but that one week I finally got it. And, uh, but yeah, it just showed, you know, stacking what you do when you stack weeks and weeks on work on top of one another. So, uh, you know, I try to try like try to implement that into my game as well. You know, stacking days each day get better and better until you know you finally get the breakthrough. Dale Wally, DK. Yeah, Kendrick. Uh, I was talking with uh, James Kirkland uh, from Illinois uh, earlier this week, and and he said that uh, when you got on campus, he he was telling you, "Hey, man, you need to be an offensive lineman." He saw you play offensive line in high school. Uh, can you run us through just how that whole all went for you uh, again, just when you made the decision to, to go to uh, offensive line from defensive line and, and, and how that whole process, because you did it quickly in three months, you went from being a, you know, a defensive lineman to being in the starting lineup. Yeah. Uh, Cole, yeah. Kirkland always used to, you know, get on me about, uh, you know, like, and you'd be way better on the whole line. I wasn't trying to hear, you know, being young, but uh, eventually, you know, the way the, the, our roster and our team started shaping guys leaving the program, and you know what I mean? We get more defensive tackles. I'm like, you know, let me let me try and make this switch. And I did that, and uh, it did work out for the best. Will Graves, Associated Press. Hey, man, it's hard not to notice that jersey number you're wearing today. 
Uh, I'm sort of curious, did you have any say in that or did they just sort of hand it to you? And it, is it intimidating to, to wear a number of a guy who obviously excelled at that position that you now ostensibly are trying to fill in? It? Yeah. Um, uh, no, they didn't hand it to me. I kind of, um, you know, I wore 53 since high school, you know, obviously at Illinois, I wore it as well. And uh, so I kind of requested it and um, knowing that he had retired. You know, I feel like maybe I maybe they get it. I was fully prepared for them, you know, to keep it off, but they let me have it and uh, try. I got big big shoes to fill, so I'm gonna gonna work towards that. Uh, let's try Jerry Dulac Post Gazette. Hey, uh, Kendrick, what is the the biggest uh, uh, change or maybe difficulty of playing guard, or playing center rather than guard? Is it physical or is it mental because of maybe all the uh, calls and everything you'll have to make? What, what's the biggest difference between the two? Um, you know, I'm real comfortable at both. Um, obviously, like you said, a center is a little bit over mental side of the game, but I'm fully prepared to uh, to swing that as well. So, um, but yeah, I, I would definitely say the mental part is a little different. What is the physical challenge, uh, Kendrick? Um, Really not too much, man. You know, it's all the same, playing physical, playing aggressive, and coming off the ball hard. Aditi King Kabbalah, NFL Network. Hey, Kendrick. Um, welcome to Pittsburgh. And I am going to ask you two, if that's okay. One, have you been told anything at all about the expectation that you'll be the starting center or what are your thoughts about that? And then number two, have you even had any sort of look at the playbook yet or any conversation with your fellow linemen? Uh, yeah, um, to answer your second question, yeah, we have been kind of, you know, digging into the playbook and even a little bit today, but um, you know, just trying to, trying to get the hang of that. But as far as the role on the team, just showing up every day, you know, uh, if I get the spot, I don't, but I'm ready to come in and compete, you know, and, uh, and you know, also learn from the older guys. All right. This is from Mike Prezzuto, DVE, just because his audio was cutting out. Um, so, like, in your experience in college, how much zone did you run and how much was QB under center? Um, under center, we I haven't uh, – unless we were running a uh, quarterback sneak, we were never under center, but um, – and then as far as we were a big inside zone, outside zone team, so that's something that, uh, that I'm, I'm really used to. All right, we have four questions left. Jim Wexel, Steelers Digest. Uh, Kendrick, um, you know, when Pouncey started as a rookie, the big thing, the big conversation we had with coaches was the communications and making the, making the calls, making the changes up front. Um, you were a guard most of the time in college. How difficult is this going to be? What kind of grasp do you think you'll have on this and kind of a timeline? Um, you know, I can't really put too much expectations on myself. You know, I'm just – my goal, I want to show up every day and compete and, you know, get as much out of every day as possible, uh, try and maximize my, uh, my time in here, so. You know what, guys? I actually only have two. It's one question per person today because we've got to get these guys moving so they can eat lunch. I'm sorry. Chris Adamski, Trim. Kendrick, how much interaction, if any, have you had with the uh, the, the veteran um, offensive linemen on the team and some of them more veteran than others, like the Castros, you know, 10th year and and uh, Dotson, the two guys that would play next to you, it is a was a rookie last year. Have you had any conversation with them and how you might, you know, what kind of personalities those guys have? Um, yeah, just kind of, uh, just, you know, them reaching out through text or a phone call here and there. I haven't really, haven't met anyone in person yet, but, um, 
but yeah, just just you know, everybody congratulating me on you know the draft and things like that, and uh, welcoming me aboard, and uh, excited to work with them. All right, and last question, Noah Strackney, Sports Illustrated. Hey, Kendrick, going back to the number, have you talked to Marquise at all? And, and if so, have you brought up the number? Um, no, uh, he reached out to me the day after the draft and, um, just, you know, tell me congratulations and, uh, you know, just get ready to work and, uh, and play hard and be a stealer for sure. But, uh, but no, as far as the number, I haven't, no, because I mean, at the time, I didn't know what I, what number I was going to wear, but yeah, so. <laughs> that was Kendrick Green, the Steelers' new center. As you, uh, heard there, he, uh, um, wasn't sure the Steelers were going to give him 53, but he asked yeah. for it, and they gave it to him. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's running on numbers in a way here, too, I mean, which is one of the reasons they, they made that number switch that you can do some different things this year. Uh, and Steelers had that problem to some degree, too. you gotta, you got to give out some of the greats numbers. Yes, even right? though some of them aren't retired, you know, it's right. It's still a problem. I mean, you're not giving out 75, but you're going to be yeah. giving some out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have one last one that we wanted to get to here. This would, of course, be with the Steelers' uh, new punter. And we haven't had a chance to hear from Presley Harvin III yet. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk to him at the draft. So here is the initial Presley <laughs> Harvin III press conference with the media. Welcome to Pittsburgh. Um, just uh, ask you first off, have you heard from any of the other specialists on the team so far? You know, the guys you might be catching snaps from or, or holding kicks for or anything like that? Uh, yeah, biggest one is uh, Christian, uh, the long snapper here. Uh, me and him are in camp together. A pretty good guy. Also talked to Boswell just a little bit. Uh, haven't gotten the opportunity to meet him yet, but, uh, you know, they're genuine guys up here. I'm um, just ready to get to work. Let's go to Christopher Carter. Christopher? Especially congratulations making it to the NFL. What did it mean to you when you became the first black man to win the Ray Guy Award? Uh, you know, with, and especially with you know the history, there's there haven't been a lot of black punters in the NFL, you know, throughout the throughout its history. Yeah, man, it was a complete honor. Uh, you know, it's been a lot of hard work throughout this time to be able to get to that point. Uh, you know, high school was definitely a grind and being to, you know, the guys go to Georgia Tech. Uh, also, being one of the first African American punters there, uh, you know, just, just adds to that legacy of you know that find that group. It's not me. It was like you said. Uh, I really count on a handful of you know it's about all of us. Uh, just a tight knit group, and you know, being the first one to win the Ray Guy, you know, I just I feel like I'm a trailblazer. Uh, you know, I'm going to be able to pave the way for guys that's going to be after me, and you know, kind of make that route easier for them. Joe Rutter. Hey Presley, were you um, were you expecting to get drafted, or did you think maybe you would, you know, since not many punters do get drafted, you might be in the undrafted free agent role? I knew it was a fair shot uh, coming into it. Me and my agent talked a lot. Uh, it was definitely potential six to seven round, um, and you know the draft is always something that you know I've always been looking forward to. But if, if it didn't have to actually happen the way it did, man, I was just going to try to make the most of any opportunity I could have got. Rich Walsh. I wanted to ask you about, you know, how many people talk about your size and is it a huge advantage for you? And how aggressive will you be out there on special teams this year? Yeah, man, I'm a bigger dude. Uh, a lot of people always ask me, you know, when they say, you know, you play football. And I always get that question, what do you play? And, you know, I always let people try to guess on themselves of, you know, what position. And it's always the, the rather alarm defensive lineman or fullback or halfback or something like that, man. It's just, 
I just, when I tell people I'm a punter, you know, they're, they're just kind of astonished the fact that, you know, I said that. But, you know, when you when you look at me, I don't look like it, but you know, I put a lot of dedication into, you know, getting myself to the position where I am today. You know, I kind of thrive on it. You know, being unique is a little bit, you know, a lot of people are unique in their own ways. And mine is my size. You know, I bring something else to the table. Uh, got a strong leg. And just being in my frame, I feel completely comfortable with it. And, you know, I'm just ready to evolve. Jeff Hathorne. Chris, when was your, what were your pre-draft conversations like with the Steelers? And when did you know that they were really interested? Yeah, so uh, Coach Danny Smith, special teams coach here, actually ran my pro day. Uh, he, he's actually a coach that coached at Georgia Tech, too, back in he won the 1990s championship there. Uh, so he had ties at Georgia Tech. Uh, and I knew that kind of ahead of time. And when he got there to, you know, talk to me a little bit before pro day, told me he was probably going to be the one running it. Uh, you know, it, it was something that, you know, I know the I know the organization, I know where the break comes from and all, and especially him too being a successful coach. It, it meant a lot to me, uh, especially a, a guy that already went to Georgia Tech and coached there and, you know, came through the ranks and know this organization and know the NFL, like from, from the front and back of his hand. You know, it, it meant a lot to me for him to be able to be there every step through the way. Uh, you know, this process has been tremendous. Uh, you know, we're here today because of it too. Mark Caboli. Hey, Presley, I assume when you were younger, you played you played uh, youth ball, you played high school and other positions. How did you get hooked up with punting and you knew that that was your future? Yeah, so uh, growing up, I played offensive line when I first started playing peewee football. Uh, and then when I got to middle school, we had an open tryout. Uh, I was playing center at the time. and You know, no one else wanted to kick. So I just took the initiative of, you know, let me try to help the team out and just see how it goes. You know, I might not do it forever, but, you know, I'll try it out. And, you know, here we are today, many, many years later, because of that one, you know, that one decision that I made one day in practice, just trying not to be selfish. Uh, but it's been a journey. I played tight end freshman year of high school a little bit and then took full, I took full responsibility for punting my sophomore year. And that's when I came to the decision of, you know, this is something that I can be really good at. Jim Wexel. Presley, uh, I saw one, one pass of yours. You have to have uh, dominated on passing kick when you were a kid and have some kind of passing cred. Tell me about your passing history. Yeah, man. Uh, I used to love just throwing the ball when I first started playing football. Uh, I knew I couldn't play any position like that when I was growing up. That was a big Hey, Jim, Jim, can you mute yourself? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So growing up, uh, I played offensive line and peewee football. So you know, I never got a chance to throw the ball, but I always liked to. Uh, so when I got the opportunity, when I got up in college, uh, you know, I've already made myself full aware of the fact that I can throw, uh, and just kept trying to tell my coaches, you know, whenever you want to make that opportunity, trying to have throwing fakes, you know, I would like to try it because uh, usually you would have the the back or someone like that throw the ball, but you know. I felt I felt comfortable enough to be able to do it, uh, and that, that's that throw that I had against Miami back in 2019 was definitely the highlight of it, man. And you know, it just shows that you know I'm I'm versatile. Uh, I'm a bigger dude. I got a strong leg, but you know, whenever a fake needs to happen, you know, I can try to execute it the best I can. All right, we'll check out check back on a couple of follow ups. Brian Backo, do you have a follow up? Yeah, you, you know, we've mentioned on this call everything that kind of makes you unique as a punter, Presley. Uh, what would have been your teammates, your new teammates' reactions, the other rookies? I mean, do many of them 
know your story? Uh, or have you been explaining uh, to them kind of the same stuff you've been explaining to us? Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, There's a lot of guys here, but I haven't gotten an opportunity to talk to all of them yet. Uh, just flew in yesterday, and as soon as we got here, we were already booked up with other stuff. But, you know, definitely being able to talk to these guys and kind of pick their brain on, you know, where they come from and their stories and trying to share mine, too. You know, it'll be it'll be pretty cool to see. Uh, Joe Rudder, did you have a follow-up? Yeah, I do. Um, just, you know, being the only punter here, um, you know, what do you hope to get out of these two days? You know, the, there's no other specialist for really here. Do you, do you expect to get some work out of this? Yeah, I mean, I definitely expect to get some good work up here. Uh, like I, like you said, I'm the only one. Uh, so I just got to take advantage of that opportunity to, you know, just highlight my attributes on the field. Uh, the biggest things I'm going to try to worry about is, you know, just living the moment, just taking it all in because, you know, just this time last year, we weren't even – we didn't even know if we were going to play football. And just being in the position we are today, you know, just trying to make the most of every opportunity I get. Uh, Mark Kaboli, did you have a follow-up? I do not, Michael. I am sorry. You're okay. That's all right. All right, we'll wrap it up. Um, Reggie Anderson, uh, if you're on. Yeah, hey, Presley, uh, growing up in Sumter, when did you dream of, of getting to this stage and, and the values that you learned at Sumter High School from your family uh, taking with them to the Steel City? Yeah, man, I, I made the decision of trying to get to the NFL when I was like 14 years old. Uh, went to base middle school at Sumter. And, you no, know, my mom sent it to me the other day when I was, you know, trying to get ready to come up here was just a note that I wrote on my phone at the time. It was just like, you know, I want to have aspirations to get to the NFL I don't know how that looks, but, you know, I'm not going to stop grinding until I get there. When I do get there, I'm going to just continue to grind. And just being in this, this in this organization and being here today, you know, it's just a true testament that hard work really pays off. Uh, and it really just comes back to my family, man. They, they always tell me, you know, one thing we have is a motto as a family. You know, if we're going to do something, we're not going to quit. Even if it's not in our favor, we're still not going to quit. And, you know, I just never quit. They, always, they were always behind me, still are to this day, man. And just, you know, it's a true blessing to where I am. That was Presley Harvin, uh, the Steelers' new punter. Um, didn't get to see him kick today, but that was the first time we've heard him talk. I'm interested to see it. I wonder yeah. if it makes that boom noise off his foot a little different than others, just by the the build of him and his you know career numbers and whatnot. Um, I, I like that pick more and more. I was talking about it on the podcast today. I mean, there's a lot of long snappers drafted in the sixth round, kickers, punters. I just think that the league looked at round six and seven like they're not – Super there wasn't player. a player that you were going to take in those rounds that was guaranteed to make your roster, unlike, right. unlike a kicker or a punter. They, they, and those guys aren't guaranteed, No, but, but they've got a much better shot than... They don't have to beat out one guy. Yeah, that, you know, <laughs> hey, we're going to take a, a shot on a you know the, the seventh outside linebacker, sure. or, you know, or, things you know, of that nature. Eighth defensive lineman when six only make the team. I mean, right. the numbers are against you from the right off the bat. Uh, so you saw a lot of that, and it all stems from just... Not as many people were eligible for this draft, yeah. you know, and the, the undrafted crew is not as strong. And next year's class should be much better. You can over, you can overlook that thing when you're just so focused on one draft because it's all relative. Well, he's better than this guy, and you know. But overall, the, the end of the draft isn't very strong. No, it wasn't this year. So that was uh, that was the move the Steelers made there to go get a punter. And again, you know, if he makes the roster over over Jordan Berry, you save four hundred thousand dollars. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, over a four year stretch too. You that's know, you're yeah. not going to get a veteran or you know. In four hundred thousand dollars, you may say, well, that's not very much. 
that's a player during the season. That's a player, right, right, right. You know, the the minimum is like six fifty now. Um, you know, a couple weeks into the season, you start. I can grab this vet for yeah. league minimum type of deal or not. Well, now I can. Now you can every year for yeah. four years, and then whether you pay him after that or not, who, who you know, worry about that later. But you don't want to be in the market of let's go find a punter and have to pay him league minimum, and then we don't like him, and you know, yeah, then he you, answers your problem. Then you that's start cycling through those punters, and it's you know, okay, until you find one that you like. Yeah, and that's, that's you know, it's just not yeah. good business. It'd really be nice if he does prove himself. In the you know, we won't see him kicking weather and things. But yeah. I mean, they must like him quite a bit. Led the NCAA in punting last year, so yeah, right. there's that. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's going to do it for this segment. So for my partner, Matt Williamson, for Jacob Brecht here on site, getting keeping us on the air and uh, queuing up those uh, interviews for us, I'm Dale Lolly. We want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. We are back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, I, I wanted to go back to something that we talked about prior to the draft. Mm, okay. And it was something that a lot of people were kind of, I don't know, I, wanna, I don't want to say panic is the right word, but they were talking about this uh, like it was something that was, wasn't going to re- be resolved. And that is the number of players that the Steelers have on the, uh, on the contract for right. 2022. Because everybody... That was one of the narratives as soon as last season ended. They only got X amount yeah. under for 19 players under contract. 18 players. Seven, I think it was 17 was the lowest that it was. Well, that's two years away for one thing. The yeah. draft hasn't happened. Free agent hasn't happened. You haven't extended some of your guys. We haven't even got the Minka and Watt. They ain't going anywhere. You right. know? So uh, let's, let's break that down. I'm interested. So the Steelers now have 44 players under contract for the 2022 season. Wow. Okay. And I don't think they want that number to be massive. No. I, I think they want to be somewhat liquid next offseason yeah. in terms of going to get their next quarterback, first and foremost, or maybe going outside the organization for a position or two, you know, if need be. So right now, um, this according to SpotTrack, uh, the Steelers have 60, $67 million, uh in cap space. And I believe that's based on a salary cap of... Which I guess is... This assumes a hundred and ninety two point five million dollar salary cap in twenty twenty two. It's gonna be more than that. I mean we uh, we don't know what's gonna be in the stands, but the next pen game tomorrow night's gonna have fifty percent. Yeah. There's gonna That's be at just least basically doing what they field. typically do and bumping it up ten million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be higher. It's gonna be that. over two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So sixty seven million, that's the second most amount of money going into next year. Which is remarkable. Like, that never happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're always second least. You right. You know what I mean? We've never seen that before. The only team with more cap space than them is the Colts, but the Colts only have 37 players under contract. Okay. So those seven players make up for that. The Colts have 69.2 million. The Steelers are at 67.4. I, I will your, say for the Colts, The Steelers though, have the most cap space. Well, I, I was going to kind of counter that. I mean, they, obviously the Colts don't have as many guys under contract. But I think the Colts have a big lump still this year that will roll over because they haven't spent much. And they were right, the that's true. Yeah, there. yeah. So there are some of those things to factor in. In fact, if you look at the the cap space from right now, I'm calling current it cap space. Current okay. cap space. Actually, Jacksonville has thirty nine point four million. 
Denver's at 36.3. The Colts are at 22.9. Okay. So they'll probably roll over 15, 18, something, something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, or they extend Wentz. Right, they got to make that. And then they don't. And then right. they got you know Quentin Nelson's contracts coming up. Same as Leonard. They got some. They got some big ones right, that right, are going right. to. They're going to be expensive. Um, so if you look at this from a cap standpoint, they got forty four players on a contract. They got sixty seven million dollars in cap space. The number three teams, the Bengals, at fifty seven point five. So there's a huge jump there, actually. It's ten ten million dollars. Then you look, the Jets are at fifty two. Okay. Almost fifty three. Miami's at forty eight. Denver, a lot of those young teams with a lot of yeah. youth and not, not guys they have to pay soon. On the other side of the spectrum, you look at the teams who are over the cap. Okay. Oh, at $192.5 million, remember. Before we do, you have them listed second. I bet with rollover, they're third or fourth. They're in the top five somewhere. Yeah, they'll definitely be in the yeah. top five. But probably about $80 million to spend. Yeah. Because the cap is very low in that projection. That's a ton. And they don't have to give it to any. None of it's going to Ben. Right. You know, no more of it's going to Ben, you know. So the Packers right now, $39.6 million over that cap. That's with 46 players signed for next year. Wow. Dallas has 57 players signed for next year, but they're $32.8 million over that cap. Wow. The Giants have 50 players signed. They're $24 million over the cap. And they don't really have stars. And they don't have anybody. Right. They don't have Rodgers and Dak and Zeke. and You know, right. The Rams have 58 players they're at eighteen point six million over that cap. Which is how they operate, but the Texans. Wow. They are such a disaster. They've got forty two players signed for next year. They're still twelve million dollars over the cap. Wow. They signed like thirty <laughs> guys in free agency and almost all of them are one year deals. They had to. Right, right, right. They can't yeah. I mean Watson will go. Watson some way, shape, or form is not gonna be a Texan this time next year, I'm sure of it. And that'll open up a little. Here's here's where the list gets interesting. I bet there's an AFC North team. At 27, at $8.6 million over the cap with 58 players signed are the Cleveland Browns. Wow. Baker doesn't have a new deal yet. Garrett does. I don't know where else their money's going to go, but I could see like... Well, they got to pay the corner. Yeah. Ward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be expensive. I could see him being a franchise guy. They just picked up his his, his uh, rookie option. I think it's $13 million next year. Hmm. My immediate thoughts are... I bet Landry and or Odell are they not can't afford them. Browns maybe next both year, of after them this year. I'd say at least one, maybe both. Because if you're eight point six million over the cap, you're going to need six million dollars to sign your rookie class. Mm-hmm. You're going to need you know you're Baker's gonna, up. You're going to want to make some moves. Right, right, right. So yeah, they, I mean this this might be it. Like it's, people are talking about the Browns right, right, right. Uh, as a well a long term contender. We'll see. It's different if it's Mahomes. Yeah. You know, Baker ain't Mahomes. I mean, yeah. he may be a very good player. He may be take a big step forward. You know, he ain't going to be Josh Allen. He's not going to be Mahomes. He's a lot closer to Kirk Cousins than he is Patrick right, Mahomes. to those guys. You know, I wonder if it next year, you mentioned Odell and Landry, and this is the first I've thought of these things, but even little things, luxuries that they've been able to have, like Kareem Hunt. Do they have to trade Kareem Hunt to Seattle, you know, yeah. just to dump him? They're going to give Chubb a new deal. Because Chubb's – they're not going to let Chubb go. No. No way. You know, so some of these moves they've made, I don't know if they'll have the luxuries. And I wonder, the more I think about it, maybe Ward walks after drafting Newsom. Yeah. You know I mean? I mean, that, that, that could be that, that move, pick. yeah. Right. Um, here's another hmm. interesting one. Can you keep the O-line intact? Right. Yeah, that's going to get expensive. That's big, yeah. A guy like Hooper's going to get cut, for sure. The Bills are seven point seven million over the cap. Okay, 
And Allen doesn't have his new deal. And Allen doesn't have his new deal. And like, some of those, I mean, we've seen this many times in Pittsburgh history. You could get cap relief this year, you know, give him a six-year deal or whatever. Yeah. And maybe that's coming for Baker, too. But these are, you know, if you have cap problems you're without not adding like you're not, yet, you're not adding like you have been the last couple of years. No, no, no. You like, can't trade for digs and, right. you know, those type of things. And I think their draft showed us that. Like, we're just going to draft four linemen to start the, start the draft because those things are expensive and we know – Soon we're going to be losing more than we're bringing in every year. The Saints, with 46 players signed, are $4.7 million over that's the That's good cap. for them. But, yeah. <laughs> that's better than usual. That's without a, that's without a starting quarterback. That's without a quarterback. <laughs> that's right. And the, the cap doesn't count for them. Uh, the Falcons are $3.8 million over. Yeah, and Julio and Ryan are hard to move on from. The Vikings uh, are the last team that has a little bit of cap space there. That's the, 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 from 24 down. So the Falcons on down are all over the cap. Uh, then you have the Vikings at 2.8 million. The 49ers are at 1.3. Real quick question, just because I'm just interested in myself. How many players do the Vikings have under contract for 2020? They have 60. I was going to say, they've had they get a 26 lot. draft yeah. picks in the last two years. Compare that to the, I just mentioned the Vikings and the 49ers are in that same neighborhood. Yeah. So the Vikings have 60 players under contract. The 49ers have 36. And the Niners don't have a first-round <laughs> pick for a while. They don't have a first-round pick, and they've only got $1.3 million in cap space. Wow. I mean, Jimmy's going to go. Right. Yeah, I mean, some of those moves are writing on the but wall. Then but then you're eating dead caps. You know, eating. But depth is going to be a problem for the Niners now. I mean, they're going to become a Rams, Stars, and Scrubs type of team real quick. The Chiefs have 37 players under contract. They only have $5.5 million in cap space. Wow. How many of the Steelers have again under contract? 44. 44? Okay. Where are the Ravens on there? That's, they, they the Ravens are middle the of the pack. They're 15th. They have 49 players under contract, $24 million in cap space. Okay. But again, Lamar's. But they got to sign Lamar. Gotta sign Lamar, which again can be fine for the first year. Give him a big bonus. And, yeah. But those teams, I mean, who are some of the other examples? Baker, Buffalo. Russell or, Wilson. You know, yeah. when they gave him his deal. Dak Prescott, when right, he, he's gotten right. his money here. But I'm thinking of teams that are about to hit that. Oh, you know, okay. The, the Browns, the Bills, the Ravens. They've, they're have they soon going to find out what life is like with an expensive quarterback. Because yeah. none of those guys are leaving. They're not moving on from them, yeah. No, no, they're not moving on from them. And the Lamar experiment better. I'm a Lamar believer. Much more so than Baker. At some point, he needs to learn how to be a better pocket passer. Though. Yes. Because the running's not going to last forever. And anyway, they, when they give him a big deal, they may not want him to run as much. I would say, I think he has, he and they have to change a little yeah. for this to work for the next eight to ten years. It's still fine to scramble. We're not going to design any more running plays for you. No. And we've talked about this with Josh Allen, too, who's built much differently and runs less. But I think I'm handing it to Zach Moss a little bit more here if I'm going to pay him a, a huge contract. And... He's only had one good year. It was an awesome year, and I, I'm a believer that he's that I was wrong about him. But no one got better more from 19 to 20 than Josh Allen. I mean, what if he takes a 15 percent step back? You know, not much. Does this matter to you? I'm looking here at the average age of those players. Hmm. The Saints are tops at the 28. This is in 2022. See, this is weird for me with the Saints. They are. They're the Mardi Gras of the league. I mean, it's just a party, you know. Spend, spend, spend. Yeah. Left and right and hurricanes and, you know, lift your shirt up. You know, I mean, because they, not only do they spend like crazy, but I mentioned Minnesota has made 26 draft picks in the last two years. The Saints have made like 15 in the last three. You know, like <laughs> they trade up for Troutman and yeah. guards and, you know, like. 
they go players. they go for quality instead of quantity. And they've drafted very well. But they almost had that Steelers of the seventies draft with Kamara and Ramchek and Williams. Like now you gotta pay those dudes. They are unbelievable to me because they're so aggressive, but their draft should be like the Rams. Like the Rams are super aggressive, never a first round pick, but they bring in ten picks every year. Yeah. You know, at least you can have backup linebackers that are cheap. The Saints don't do any of that. Who do you think is number two in average age? This one's kind of surprising because you don't think of this team. The being Saints the, are the oldest team in the league Saints right now. Are, Saints will be the oldest team next year. I, this is this is looking at twenty twenty two. I can call it up for this year, but in twenty twenty two, the oldest, the second oldest team will be the Forty Niners. I would say Tampa would be my guess. Let me let me look at this year's. I mean, Brady this, has a lot of that. The, yeah, that's kind of like the Steelers are our tenth on that list at twenty seven point two three, but they've got a but 30, they're they got thirty nine year old quarterback. Right, right, right. Carry some weight. I assume Brady will still be there. Ben won't. So the average age going right now, as we sit here, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at twenty seven point one four years. For okay, that's current roster. Current or roster. The guys on, under contract. That's in current 22? current roster for twenty twenty one. Okay. The Bears are second at twenty seven point oh three. The Forty Nine ers are third at twenty seven point oh one. Wow. I don't think of them as an old team. The Patriots are fourth on that list at 26.84. Because they've drafted so poorly and just had to bring in a bunch of 28-year-olds. The Texans are fifth, tie, tied with the Patriots. Every metric for them is bad. <laughs> There's no hope. There's not a good one around. Right. I mean, not to mention, I mean, I don't mean to be coarse towards the women and all the Watson situation. Their only card and their only ace they have turned into a two. You know, like, yeah. you can't get anything for him right now unless – things change dramatically and even if they do you're not going to get what you could have six months ago for Deshaun Watson right they have no means of getting better I mean whoever it's Spencer Rattler needs to be a superstar and they have to earn the first pick in the draft you know what I mean like but then you draft him you're now you're paying two quarterbacks like right I mean they should never drafted Mills either yeah because he's on a he's on a really hard time succeeding on that team and even if he succeeds you're probably going to draft a quarterback with the top three pick anyway. You know, right. he has to blow your doors off. So the uh, the Steelers on on current age of their roster are 18th, 26.16. Okay, with one obvious. With one, that's with Roethlisberger on yeah. the roster. That's, I mean, Cam and DeCastro and some of the foundation. You got, you got players some 30 year olds, but yeah. you're getting Aiden. younger. Right. Yeah. And again, what was the number after the season of guys under contract in 22? It was like they, 27 they had, or something. They started off with 17. 17. And now it's up to 44. It's up to 44. And none of those are old people. Right. You know, and you're going to add Minka and Watt to that in their prime. So you'll be up at 46 in time. You know, Minka, there's no rush because of the franchise right. tag and all that. But so... I mean, I don't think they're going to go out there shopping for 32-year-old free agents after this year either. No, I don't see that. Ha- they just That's not how they do business. And even if they had a veteran quarterback, it's going to be Derek Carr age. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. No. He's <laughs> you know the mean? same age as Ben, I might right. add. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not going to be that era. I just, I just thought so they're only getting younger, which yeah. not every team is. You would think every team is, but not every team is. It's not a bad thing to get younger while also keeping. Yeah, you know, people wonder why did the Steelers pay Cam Hayward that money? They could have, they could have spent that on whoever, Bud Dupree, for example. Yeah, Cam's better than Bud. You spend the money. Of first of all, you spend the money on Cam A because he's better than, than mm-hmm. Bud. Yeah. B because he's one of your locker room leaders. Right. That goes a long way. That's why, you know, when you talk about – I was asked this question today in my chat. 
How do the Steelers get people to buy in? How do the Steelers get their players to buy into paying it forward? Like, okay, I, we brought in a uh, – mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the starting wide receiver. Matt, you're a second-round draft pick. You come in, and I help you sure. out. Aaron Smith sends it to Hayward, who sends it to right. Tua, who sends it to some sophomore at Oklahoma right now. Yeah. You know, who we don't you, know You get name. that because, A, you, you keep that family-type atmosphere in the locker room. Right. It starts with ownership. And you do that by being mostly homegrown. Without question. They don't see you going out and, and spending money like crazy. Everybody in that locker room, for the most part – if, if there's if there's 53 guys in a locker room, 40 to 45 of them were guys you drafted or developed. Mm-hmm. And that goes a long way towards building that kind of... Without question. Of course that starts with ownership, which then in turn, same GM, same head coach, whoever's here for three, four years knows what to expect next year. You're in the same camp. You're running the same offense. You know, all and you that see, continuity you see is very them, important. Them show loyalty towards their guys. They did it to Jerome yeah. ten years like ago. Like if I if I do what I'm supposed to do right. and I make the proper if I make the strides that I'm supposed to make, they'll give me a second contract. Yes, and I'll be here for the length of that second contract. And these guys know each other. The world's much smaller now. I mean. Najee, Najee knows Lynch and Peters and whoever at Bama before him and one of you know Minka. I'm sure every team has connections. No college guy or free agent now goes to a team and doesn't have a clue. Who doesn't know anybody, right? Never. Like we're talking to we're talking to Dan Moore and Kendrick Green on draft day, mm-hmm. and they they train together. At the same, right? You know, and so many of these guys have the same agents or trainers or went to you know. school or recruited. Together and then you have Buddy or, Johnson there, who's also played with Dan, like yeah, Dan Moore could room with either one of them and be you know and just as comfortable. Yeah, and they follow each other on Instagram and Facebook, and you know, like they, they pay attention to one another. It's not when I was in fifth grade, if my dad moved to Oklahoma and I had to go to a new school and didn't know a soul. That's not how the world works anymore. So you go into an environment with friends or acquaintances that have told you how things go around here. And I'm sure a lot of those aren't so swell. Like, I kind of hate it here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, that's very important. If you let the cams go, you lose a lot of that. You lose some of that right. That veteran leadership, call it whatever you want to call it. It goes a long way in that locker room. You can trace the lineage sure. of those guys straight back to Joe Green. Right. Oh, without quite, it starts there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. And not every year was super successful. And there's bumps in the roads over a 50 year period. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure. But it's there. Let's say they draft a defensive lineman in the first round, or even the guy they drafted this year, or the one before that, or the one before that. And you walk in that defensive meeting room and you sit next to Cam Hayward, you're listening. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? It's not like. This is a nobody. And Cam's not the biggest name in, in sports. It's not like sitting next to Brady. But we've been around the guy. He commands respect. And when he speaks in that room, everyone shuts up. And I'm going to do what he does. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. The position coach, the defense coordinator, the head coach. They keep pointing out, hey, right. here's what we do. And then watch how Cam does this. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. just the way he speaks and the confidence and the swagger. And, you know, that stuff's important. It's it's kind of like when I, when I traced the, you know, I took Cam Sutton and traced him back to Deshae Townsend. Mm-hmm. Like you see that there, there's a direct lineage there of those of those kind of guys. That and they're not pro bowlers, but they're versatile, important pieces that played a lot of special teams and made their bones. And to be honest, that worries me a little bit with Pouncey and Al leaving. Yeah. You know, 
they weren't great players last year. I mean, I'm not going to candy coat it. They weren't, you know, what what Pouncey had been earlier in his yeah. career. And frankly, they were maybe more liability. They may be better at left tackle and center this year than they were last year, just on the field. But they're not going to be better in the room. Right. Uh, not right. yet. Yeah, I mean, Pouncey, Pouncey still commanded that respect. He was sure. still the, he was still the guy, he was still the the pulse of the team. Like right. you could go to him and you know, what's the team feeling about this? Or, mm-hmm. For example, that when they when they were going through the the situation with the, with the, uh, the protests and stuff like that, you went to Pouncey for that. I would think, yeah, you know, right, because he he was the you know the the. The voice of the team on that mm-hmm. situ- in that situation. Well, and who's I that guy now? You also went to Cam, so Cam's still there. Right. Somebody else now needs to step into that. It needs void. to be TJ now. It needs to yeah. be you know. I mean, Ben's not going to be there much longer. Is it going to be one of the wide receivers, or is it going to be Najee one of these days? It right. won't be this year, but I mean, is he going to be the next Jerome? Unfortunately, they don't usually play twelve years. You know, um, I I don't know this for a fact. It's an educated guess, but. A.B. went off the rails at one point. Would he have gone off the rails a little earlier if Hayward Bay wasn't with him all the time? Right. You know what I mean? I've said that, I've like said that, that before. Right. Like somebody needed to be the adult in there. Yeah. And that keep... worries me a little in that room, too. They're a little young. Yeah. You know? They're getting... They've been around the block, though. Yeah. I mean, they're young but experienced. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's not like a, you know, you're you counting on three guys who've been here for a year or two. And, okay, now you're getting thrust into the lineup. No, that, know, that's they, happened. They've played a lot. Yeah. I mean, maybe last year it would have been good to have a, a Hayward Bay that's a core special teamer, but those guys aren't going to. You can't find those guys everywhere. Here, here's no. a guy. Who, here, okay, let's Wide go find the, aren't core the guy who was the often. number eight pick in the draft, and he's right. he's now a special core special teams and guy. And he's not going to be better than James Washington, and James is going to have a tough time seeing the field. Yeah. It, side note, I was talking to Stan Savern on, on Friday, and we were just talking about these things. And he kind of was like, boy, I kind of feel bad for James Washington. I'm like, yeah, me too, because he's done nothing wrong. He's a quality player. And But then I thought about it after I hung up with him, thinking that might work to the Steelers' advantage because Juju, I think, is going to be the third wide out this year in terms of pecking order. Again, he didn't really do anything wrong either, but the other two are stars in the making. So if that works out that way and they don't get decimated by injuries, Juju's going to leave after the year. You're going to get a comp pick. And you're gonna say, "Hey, James, how about you sign a yeah. two or three year deal?" Mason's, <laughs> Mason's gonna be the next guy, or at least get his shot to be the next guy here. You were his guy in college. How about you stay? And I think you get him on the cheap a year from now. Yeah, you know, you add him to that 44 list, give him four million a year. I don't know, and don't draft a receiver. It might work out pretty well, big picture. Yeah, we'll see. And there's, there's I don't still, know. I mean, yeah, I'm guessing still a lot that, that has to be uh, sussed out with all of that, mm-hmm. but. But certainly, uh, hey, James might lead the team receptions this year. I, yeah. mean, I don't know how they're, the they're not in the situation, the, the dire situation that many people say. Oh, they've, they've 17 players under contract for next year. They're going to spend all that money real quick. Right. Well, they they spent, oh, I don't know, 60, 70 million of it, and they've got 44 players under contract mm-hmm. and still have 67 million. And they now have one quarterback space. under contract. A month ago, they had zero. Right. Um, they have their franchise back. I mean, just looking at that at that roster, what it. What it looks like here—that's that's Hayward, that's Tuitt, that's Fitzpatrick, that still counts Ben Roethlisberger. No, oh, I know he's, but he's yeah. not going to be here. But yeah. that counts Zach Banner, Devin Bush, Juju Smith-Schuster. Again, same situation mm-hmm. as Ben. They, they, they've got the uh, the option on those. Right. Yeah, I don't think Juju and Ben will be on. Which, by the way, I did find out that if, if he signs somewhere else, even though they, you, if it's a, uh, it's got the option on it like that, uh, they still get a comp pick for it. Okay, so he'll be treated like a free agent. Yeah. If he's okay. 
uh, Sutton, Boswell, Derek Watt, Mason Rudolph, Eric Ebron is a they've got. I think they have an option on him. Yeah, I'm not sure if he'll be back or not. I, yeah, I, I, I think that one's up in the air. I think a lot of people when they took Fryermuth just assumed Ebron's one year and done here. I don't know if that's a slam dunk. I yeah. think you kind of see how that goes. Alou Alou, Haig, Wormley, Claypool, Johnson's, Highsmith, Lane, Benny Haig Snow. Haig was more than a one-year deal? Yeah. Good, good. That's um, nice insurance. Anthony McFarlane, Kevin Dotson, Zach Gentry, Isaiah Bugs, Ulysses Gilbert, Carlos Davis, Isaiah Louderman, all the rookies. All the rookies. That. So um, you've still got you know. a couple of those. I think this needs to be mentioned, but it's true for every team. Like I mentioned, the Vikings have drafted 26 players in the last two round, two years. Well, some of those guys aren't going to make the team. Right. You know, this I'm year. Not sure. This year, right. I mean, some <laughs> of those guys just aren't going to be good enough. Gentry might not be good enough. Uh, the seventh-round picks from the last two years might not be good enough. But one's a punter. Right. Which is a different – it's somewhat of an advantage over other teams that – you probably are going to have a punter for four years on Cheap. a seventh round contract. Yeah. You know, and they so. can still they'll they'll get T.J. Watt under contract. You know, they'll get yes. they'll get some of these guys that are that aren't. I'm not contract. sure who the other priorities are at the moment. I would think a lot of that's probably done. Yeah, it's not like last year we looked at. Well, if they could get Matt Filer done, maybe that mm-hmm. would be something. I yeah, I'm not sure who those guys are. I mean, I, I guess you could look at like Chuk's a core for yeah potentially right. You know. But what's different from other years? If you have to, you can go get a tackle. Yeah. I mean, that's bad business. I don't think they're ever going to be doing that. Or you can trade for a guy. You know, you could trade for the next Orlando Brown. Or you could go the Buffalo route and sign seven of them and mm-hmm. see what sticks. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, just the, ha- the fact that they have so much cap space obviously factors in for a quarterback. But one of these days, we need to figure out who could be the Steelers quarterback next year. Like, that's going to be a fun conversation, and we have all off-season I, to do I, it. I don't even know that we would we could throw out 10 names, and I still don't know if we'd be, if we'd be right. See, I think we could name 20 guys. Daniel Jones and Tua, Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson and yeah. Wilson. Everyone that's in, coming out in the draft this year. Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins. You know, like, there's a lot of scenarios. Derek Carr, Drew Locke. You know, people yeah, I don't know if I, if I were – I, I don't know if, if I went to Vegas and they had odds on who's the Steelers quarterback next year. I have no clue. I don't know. I, no I mean, I, I guess Mason Rudolph would have the best odds. I guess. Just based on the fact that he's here. He's under 50%. He's under contract. Right, right, right. You know, he's, he's the, the only, only one, one under back. contract. Yeah. But outside a, of that. There's a chance he plays this year and does well. Um, but my point with that is, names aside, any of those names I mentioned, including Rodgers, Wilson, Watson, they could do it now. Yeah. They couldn't do they it They couldn't have done ago. it, yeah. They're, I mean, the whole thing with Ben... Why would you bring him back? It's a wasted year. They didn't have a whole lot of other options, folks. They were gonna, they were gonna spend. It was gonna cost them twenty-two million dollars, whether he was here or not. Whether he's here or not. So the question then became: Is it worth the extra four million dollars to bring him back? Right. Well, yeah. And you're not gonna get Rodgers for four, right. or let alone Dalton even, or somebody <laughs> like that. I mean, so next year you could, if you want, if you fall in love with the guy, you can get him. You can get whoever you want. Yeah. You yeah. maybe you can't get the first pick in the draft. I mean, if you're picking 20th or 15th or even 12th. I mean, you might not be able to get the one, but you can get the three or four dudes that are going to be on the trade block, the the, the highest price free agent. You know, uh, you'll be able to get who you want. Almost. Yeah, it's all on the table. Everything's kind of opened up. Right. Last year, they couldn't. It wasn't that. That wasn't the case. That's why it was always funny whenever, you know, the, the national media talked about them. Like, they can't do it. They just not couldn't do year, it. Right. Yeah. Now they've set themselves up to do it very, very yeah. well. Next That's year, those people will be right. Right, right, exactly. Finally. Exactly. 
Doesn't mean they're going to go spend $30 million on the next Kirk Cousins on free agency, but they can if they love somebody. Yeah, right. Uh, but that's going to do it for this show. Uh, so for my partner, Matt Williamson, for Jacob Brecht here on site, keeping us on the air, I'm Dale Lolly. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. It's fantasy football time here. We're going to do a, our fantasy football focus. And, uh, Matt, today I want to take a look at the quarterback position. Okay. I think everybody who listens to the show on a regular basis knows that we don't believe in taking quarterbacks early. No, and it's a, a really good crop again, obviously. I'm looking here at fantasypros.com, and they have their quarterbacks ranked. It's interesting. They have them in tiers here. Okay. So I'm going to give you the tier one, guys. Uh, there's three of them. Only three. Only three. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. Murray's legs were massive last year, and I think that keeps up. You know, he, he's not to that Lamar Allen stage where the owner organization might be like, hey, we might need to dial it back a little. Yeah. I think it's we're still trying to get over the hump. He's going to run like crazy. I bet people overreact to – Rondell Moore and A.J. Green. Now he's got awesome weapons. He's uh, still going to run. They're okay. <laughs> yeah. you know? I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't love his, his passing weapons. Uh, we mentioned this on the last segment. I'm a Josh Allen believer now. I wasn't. But are we sure that he's an MVP-type player? You know what I mean? Like, he took a huge step forward. People, it, it, there's always the fear that he's Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Now he was a better player last year than Trubisky has ever, ever been. Ever, ever been right. Or but be. Trubisky two years ago was a legit fantasy right. starter. Right. Do we know that Allen's a tier one football player after one year of being so? I know Mahomes is. Um, I tend to think he is, and I'm not afraid of Allen. But these tier one guys don't blow me away. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes is awesome, and I think he's set up for another great year. But clearly the number one guy, I don't know. Something interesting this year uh, that I did want to bring up before we get dive any deeper into this, the bye weeks from the schedule that came out. Mm. So this year, the bye weeks run from week six through week 14. Okay. Remember, there's, it's an 18-week season this year. Right, right, right. Uh, so you got bye weeks in week six. You got the Falcons, the Saints the Jets, and the 49ers. Which oh. is a little later than usually the first yeah. round of bye weeks is. Which so you're going to get your first five weeks of your fantasy season with your roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, week seven, this is a big one. Bills, Cowboys, Jaguars, Chargers, Vikings, Steelers. Wow. I mean, wow. There's a lot of good fantasy of players in that one. Right. Uh, week eight is, is real light. Just the Ravens and the Raiders. Nice. Just don't draft Carr and Lamar on the same team. Yeah, right. You know, other than that, you could probably be able to weather it. Week nine, the Lions, the Seahawks, the Bucks, and the Washington football team. Week ten, the Bears, the Bengals, the Texans, the Giants. That's that one's not going to be real. No, there's not a lot of. Now the Bengals there. will have some fantasy players this year. Sure, but uh, week eleven again, a light week. Just the Rams and the Broncos. Wow. 
Week 12, the same way. The Cardinals and the Chiefs. Hmm. It's odd to me that back-to-back weeks with yeah. four teams total. Uh, week 13, the Panthers, the Browns, the Packers, the Titans. Okay. Week 14. Now, this is a week 14 is usually when We've most. Never had week 14 by. That's usually when most teams or leagues start their fantasy playoffs if you're going head-to-head. Right. Colts, Dolphins, Patriots, Eagles. Which I think is a nice advantage for those teams in the real world to have. We saw Tampa Bay have a late buy. Other than the fact you get to play 13 straight weeks. You to play start to... <laughs> weeks. But if you're a contender, I mean, Tampa came off their week 13 by, and we're, in, we're a different team, you know, and then didn't yeah. lose after that. But the problem for from a fantasy standpoint is I think leagues are going to have to adjust. Their, like you're gonna, It's going to be an 18-week season this year. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. Are teams going to play week 18? Are they, are they going to rest more guys? I haven't so, thought much about this, but I would think. So you try to get your, your playoffs in in weeks 15, 16, and 17? That's what I'm thinking. Like I think Super Bowl now has to be week 17. So now you have a 14-game regular season. You have one more game in the regular season for fantasy. Which I'll never complain about. Right, which makes it more fun for all of us. We <laughs> yeah. get one more shot. Because you can't start your playoffs in week 14 when, when teams have No, been, like I, if, I think it has to be 15, 16, 17. Yeah. And then 18's a everyone. But what stinks about that, what if you're going into that week 14 and you need, i, I got to win this game, and all of a sudden oh, you could be in a Taylor's box. off. Right, right, right. <laughs> Three-year starters are yeah. off. And I would think with the – uh, the fantasy season, you know, playoffs starting in 15, chances are your team's going to be more banged up. Um, guys you drafted aren't going to be there for you. You know, you're going to have, you're relying on somebody off the waiver wire, if not to, you know, the James Robinsons of the world. Yeah. And there's going to be more weather. Yeah. You know, the, your Super Bowl's likely to be weather influenced, and your playoffs are likely to be more weather influenced. You know, so your keep that in mind when you're drafting and, this right, year. Yeah. Right. right. Um, but yeah, if, if if you're not your league president, you might want to bring up the point, that point to your league president. Like, hey, we might want to just need to adjust things a little. <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta adjust I this. I think that'll be the standard. Yeah, I I wonder does one more week make teams less likely to tank or rest their guys in week 18? I assume just because they have a better chance to get in. The it's playoffs. still only Maybe. one team getting a buy. So There's still only one team taking a buy. But are there more teams that are gonna be in it? the last week of the season than there used to be. I don't know. I don't know how that works out. Yeah, it's the first time of the 17-game season, so it's good, mm-hmm. you know. I, Are there any teams? How much does a tie hurt or help you, you know? Right. I mean, if you're Houston or Detroit, are you taking off 17 and 18? You know, are you resting Goff or whoever? If Houston had any good players, would they be? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I don't know. Uh, so getting back to the uh, fantasypros.com uh, rankings here, the second tier of quarterbacks. And I'm not taking any of those, me personally, Mahomes, Allen, Murray, I'm not taking any of those guys before round five. Somebody will do so. Yeah. It won't be me. It won't be me. Because I, I don't know who this tier two is, but I bet they're not much different than tier ones to me. Well, let's give you tier tier two is Lamar Jackson, right? Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert. Yeah, I'd be perfectly I mean, fine with any of those guys. There was what three names in tier one and five in tier two. Yeah, if I told you, hey Dale, you can put a dollar down either on the tier one guys or the tier two guys of who the highest scoring quarterback is this year. I think I'd take the tier two guys. I know there's more of them. There's obviously, more of them, yeah. But you're not getting the the prime meat. 
I think I'll take the tier two guy. There's a good. Ch- I mean, if, if Dak Prescott plays the whole season, they think he's healthy. Yeah. I mean, they would not have given him money otherwise. Right. Or Lamar, or you right. know, you could see a, a world in which Aaron Rodgers comes back and lights it up. He threw a million touchdowns. Or he doesn't play at all. Or doesn't <laughs> play at all. I'm not sure Herbert's in that. Should be in that conversation yet, though. Yeah. I'm not sure he's much different than Burrow, or you know, I love the player, but is he going to be a lot better than last year, fantasy wise? I have my doubts. Tier three. Jay, there's some really different guys on this list. I bet. I number number nine that. is Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Number ten is Tom Brady. They uh, couldn't be any different. Age, style, <laughs> where their points come from, you know, where their team's expectations are. Yeah, could not be any different. Then you kind of get the guys in the middle of that with Joe Burrow. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Burrow and Herbert are much different. No, I don't think so either. Uh, in fact, I think Burrow might have better. Weapons. I think he does. Yeah. With all respect to Keenan Allen, who's awesome. Yeah. But, you know. Uh, Matthew Stafford at twelve. I'd lay right. a chip on Matthew Stafford this year. You even mentioned Matt Ryan. I would too. I mean, Brian, Ryan, Brady, Stafford to me are going to throw probably over a hundred touchdowns between the three of them. Maybe well over. Yeah. Thirteen is Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I'm not paying that price for Tannehill at this point. And fourteen is Matt Ryan. See, I'd rather Ryan than Tannehill. So if you wait and draft your quarterback, let's say you're in a 12-team league, you wait and draft your quarterback, and you go, let's say you go back-to-back. Let everybody else pick their quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You're just gathering receivers and, and running right, backs. Right, 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 right. Um, and you go, let's say, round 10. Okay, I'm going to take Joe Burrow at, at pick, uh, and then I'm going to come back around and take Ryan Tannehill or Matt Ryan. I say, I'm I, perfectly I want, happy with that. I want Matt Ryan to be my super high-end QB2, but my QB1 is going to be risky. Burrow, Hurts. Somebody like that, yeah. you know, whoever falls. But somebody risky with a high ceiling. The Tier 4 guys, these are 15 through 25. There's 10, 10 guys in here. And I believe you can win your league with these guys, too. Yeah. They're not bad. Trevor Lawrence. That might be a little high for him. It might be. But Burrow put up good numbers last yeah. year. Kirk Cousins. He puts up better numbers than you want to believe. Yeah. And now he's a line. Baker Mayfield. I just don't think they throw enough. I don't think they throw enough. And that's yeah. a Minnesota problem, too. Daniel Jones. They realized he runs. I mean, I bet he runs for four or five hundred yards this year. Yeah. And he's got weapons. And he's he's not getting benched. No. You know what I yeah. mean? Tua could get benched for Brissett if he stinks. Right. I don't think Jones can get benched. Another guy that eh, he I guess he could get benched. It's Carson Wentz. Yeah, but for Eason, there's not much behind him. He'd have to be really bad. Yeah. Well, he got benched for Jalen Hurst last I know, year. I know. So. But they Never drafted know. somebody in the second round. Uh, Twenty is Tua. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not buying on that one. He's, if he can connect on deep balls, we know how good that is to Fuller and Waddle. That's his path. But he's not going to run as much as people think. No, I don't think so either. No, he's not going to be on my team. Twenty-one is Ben Roethlisberger. He he needs to throw more than Steeler fans want him to throw for him to be a. He's throw like last year to be yeah. super fancy. Relevant. Or he just need, if again he had thirty three touchdown passes in fifteen yeah. games last year. If he yeah. puts up two two plus touchdown passes per game, okay. Do you think he has? Do you think he does that? I, I think th- they'll. I mean, I think Najee's going to hurt his touchdown production. Some. I think they'll run short yardage. But maybe more. they score more. Maybe they're yeah, maybe their offense is more efficient. Maybe they're not kicking as many field goals. I believe they're converting be third downs right. or they're staying on the field. Right. I think the time possession will be better. The, the the moving of the football will be better. 
but I don't think you're going to be throwing on the two-yard line as much as you used to. I think to. one thing you also need to factor in is schedule for some of these guys, especially quarterbacks. Yeah. Who are you playing? Okay, you're going to be, are you going to be in a lot of dogfights? Are you going to mm-hmm. be behind a lot? Mm-hmm. Okay, that matters. I, if I you've mean, got a super – if you've got Tampa Bay schedule, I don't know that I want Brady because they play one of the easiest schedules. You know, there'll be some – some series shut it down early yeah not out there and they're going to want to they get they drafted a quarterback they want to get him some mm-hmm. his feet wet i don't mean to sound rude towards ben or anything but of the names you mentioned he's gonna be low on my list of guys that have a, that will play 17 games 22 is justin fields yeah i'll take fields over ben. <laughs> uh, assuming he's playing with but same with Lance. is he starting in week five right their, their bye week's not until week 10 that's what kind of stinks like if we're drafting now that's tough if they had an early bye week like if they were in week five or six and mm-hmm. be like okay i'm in i'm in on that because he's right. probably going to start after the bye him and lance to me are the same do they have lance right next to him no they don't hmm. Hmm. uh 23 is ryan fitzpatrick I don't trust Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't trust it at all. No. The whole Washington offense to me is overrated for fantasy. 24 is Derek Carr. Boring, but I think I'll take Carr over Ben. 25 is Deshaun Watson. Carr's no different to me than Mayfield or Cousins. No. I, I, they're they're just, all fine. They're just ordinary as right. grits. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 25, Deshaun Watson. Then we go to Tier 5, Sam Darnold. I like the weapons. Variance. I like the weapons. Yeah. I mean, I'll take him as a 25th quarterback off the board. Yeah. 27 is Jared Goff. They didn't lose a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's going to throw in the fourth quarters. He's going to be protected. Yeah. Dump it to Swift. Dump it to Hawkinson. It's not horrible. 28 is Cam Newton. See, this is why when Cynthia Freeland's projections put Newton or put the Patriots ahead of the Steelers, I'm not buying it. Right. I'm just not. Right. He had six touchdown passes last year. Right. How many games he going to play? Right. Uh, 29, Jameis Winston. Hill hurts him. <laughs> Hill's not going away. He's not going away. No, they're pay- they're giving him money. They're still going to play him. I and mean, Winston has a strong history of if he plays in the game, he scores a lot of fantasy points, especially if, if turnovers don't matter. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah. I don't know what to make of him. Uh, 30 is Trey Lance. See, I think Lance and Fields are the same to me. See, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play, though. I think Dalton's going to play. He shouldn't. I think I think Garoppolo plays more than probably longer into the year. Yeah, because the Niners will probably they'll be, win games. They'll be winning games, and they're going to want to stick with what's working. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thirty yeah. thirty-one is Taysom Hill. Wow, I don't think he's fantasy relevant. No, he's not going to start. Not unless they come out with some kind of pure Taysom Hill package where he's playing. He's running 10 snaps a game at receiver and 10 snaps a game at running back and 10 snaps at quarterback. See, I think he's going to play 10 snaps a game. I think he has more He has more potential as a tight end than he does Maybe. as a quarterback. If he's listed as – like last year there were leagues he where he – short yardage back. There were leagues where he was listed as a tight end. Right, right, That's right. like cheating. That's like cheating. Yeah. If he can get him as a tight end, then he should be a eighth-round pick in your fantasy draft. Yeah. Because he's going to throw touchdowns. He's going to hand them the ball, you know. Yeah, they'll do stuff with him. 32 is Zach Wilson. Yeah, I worry about him. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be a terrible player or anything. I yeah. just don't think he's, he's going to get beaten up this year. He's going to put, like, two in numbers last year. You yeah. Know? I don't think the numbers are going to be there. But uh, he's not going to get benched. No, he's going. He's the guy. 33 is Jimmy Garoppolo. He might be fine for a while. 34 is Drew Locke. You think he starts? 
His upside's much. He only has to beat up Teddy Bridgewater. Right. It depends on what they think they are. Are, do right. they think they are a contender? In which case, if they do, I think they play Bridgewater because he's not going to make the big mistake. And you win tight games. Yeah. If they think that games. hey, we're playing, we're playing for tomorrow. We, we're you know we're trying to build something here. Mm-hmm. Then they go, then they go with Locke in the high upside. I think Locke starts. Yeah, I think so too. Defensive minded head coach though, he probably likes Teddy. Probably likes Teddy not turning the football. Right, right, right. But also not making any big plays. Yeah, any big plays. Thirty six is Mac Jones. He's not good for fantasy. I, I just don't know. I don't I don't see a situation where he plays and is super effective because their receivers stink. Right. I mean, you look at... They they spent money on receivers and free agency this the year. bad ones. And it, they're still a bottom five or six wide receiver group. Wide receiver group. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Fields and Lance could have really good fantasy games. Can Jones have a good fantasy game? I mean, I even if he's it. a week one starter. Yeah, I don't see it. I, I want my opponent to have Mac Jones. I see. Uh, here's, people who think Tom Brady was Tom Brady early in his career. Oh, go look at the numbers. Go look at the numbers. He was averaging like 175, 200 yards a game and maybe two touchdown passes. Yeah. That's what he was. He, he was, no rushing yards. There was more Troy Aikman there than it was. Big time. Than it was, oh, this guy that's going out and throwing for 350 yards and four touchdown passes. I have a hard time envisioning Jones having many big fantasy games. I don't see it. And either. still might be a useful football player and be exactly what they want. But I don't. Is he ever going to throw for 300? Not unless they're getting killed. Right. And it'll be all nickel and dime stuff. 37 is Tyrod Taylor. No. <laughs> I mean, he's a starting quarterback. They're going to be behind. They're going to be behind. And he will run. He's probably better than that. Probably, but do right. you trust it to like spend a draft pick on it? Maybe right. in the last round, just to, I'm going to take a third quarterback here. And but it just oh. goes to show you too, like you're not going to win your fantasy league with Tyrod Taylor. No, but if you he might get you through a week last round, you could survive with him. Yeah, you can't get a running back there that no. you know of, of equal value. Thirty-eight is Andy Dalton. That offense isn't terrible with Dalton. You know, dump it. To but Montgomery, how long is he going to play? Matt, That's the Robinson, right? If he's the week one starter, we might use him in DFS. Tier six. Ooh. Gardner Minshew. He needs an injury. Yeah. Or a trade. Uh, most, that's most of these guys. Yeah, I would think. For Mitchell staff, Trubisky. Like He'd need an injury. Jordan Love. He might not need an injury. He might not. <laughs> I mean, he, at least there's a holdout possibility there or yeah. a trade. How about yeah. this one? How about Jacoby Brissett? <clears throat> Jacoby Brissett. In, like, those super flex leagues I'm in, I'm grabbing him left and right because I think Tua could get benched. I mean, I'm not predicting it. I think it's possible. I think Brissett's good. <clears throat> 43 is Davis Mills. He might be the opening day starter, too. Could be. I mean, it's much mm-hmm. worse, but yeah. could, I mean, compared to, you know, Jones and, and Fields and those guys. 44 is Taylor Heineke. I don't think Fitzpatrick plays 17 games. I don't think so either. He runs. And he might get benched. He's 38, I mean, he 39 years old, and you're running around like that? When you throw it. nine picks in two games combined, he might get benched. 45 is Marcus Mariota. I still believe in him. Like, I'm not saying he's the Steelers' answer next year, but if you could bring him to camp for $4 million a year next year and just see what happens, I would not object to that. Here's where this goes off the rails for me. Because 46 is Dwayne Haskins. This is in Tier 7. 
a lot of bad things would have to happen for him to play. Dwayne Haskins is ahead of Mason Rudolph on this list. There's still that wow. national perception that somehow Mason Rudolph just flat out stinks. Right, right. It's That's not true. Flat out wrong. Haskins would have to be awesome in preseason yeah. to have any fantasy relevance. Uh, 47 is Nick Foles, who they tried to trade and they couldn't get rid of. Kyle Allen is 48. Wow. Kellen Mond is 49. He's got a chance. I guess he's got a shot if something happens to Cousins. Right. Kyle Trask is at 50. Brady has to get hurt, and Trask, I don't still think I would want on my team. The aforementioned Jacob Eason is 51. There's another one. I mean, those those two aren't going to ever run. I mean, they need a lot of things to happen. And they still wouldn't be on my list. Philip Walker at fifty-two. That's PJ Walker <laughs> or PJ. Yeah. I mean, his name's yeah. Philip, but he goes by PJ right. too. He's in Carolina still. I guess he's the backup, but he's, at least he's an athlete. Uh, Jamie Newman at fifty-three. What team's he on? Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what team he's on. I mean, if Jalen Hurts gets hurt, right, right, right. Okay, but I they, was shocked he was. I think if Jalen Hurts got hurt, got injured, they would trade for Nick Foles. Yeah, that's bad though. It's not good. No. Uh, Brandon Allen in Cincinnati is 55. Hmm. Nick, I'm, I'm sorry, 54 I missed was Mason Rudolph. Like, they got yeah. Mason Rudolph way below some of these other guys. He's a lot better backup than some of these people we're talking about now. Absolutely. Just in terms of. It's better backup than Dwayne Haskins, who's listed ahead of him. <laughs> right. Haskins is third on the depth chart. Doesn't even know the, the offense yet. No. Uh, Nick Mullins at 56. Jared Stidham at 57. Hmm. Joe Flacco at 58. <laughs> I guess he's the true number two for the Jets. I guess he is the Eagles right, number right. two. And the rookie could stink up the joint. Robert Griffin is on this list, and he's not even on a team. Wow. <laughs> Whoever backing up Lamar is worth more than most of these guys. Uh, you got uh, C.J. Beathard in Jacksonville, Tim Boyle in Detroit, John Beth, Wol- wow. John Wolford in with the Rams, Chad Henney with the Chiefs. Ooh. Yeah. That's Pretty a, rough. Chad Henney's the number one backup in Kansas City. Kansas yeah, yeah. City. Like, if you draft Patrick Mahomes, do you draft Chad Henney? No. <laughs> I mean, I think he gets maybe picked up if Mahomes is out. But low. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to start him. Colt McCoy in Arizona. No. Case Keenum in Cleveland. Maybe. But wait, there's a, there's a tier eight. Wow. I don't know how you differentiate between those right. th- those guys in this tier eight, but Mike Glenn is a sixty six. He leads off tier eight. What teams he play for? He's with the Giants. Oh yeah, I guess he could conceivably, you know, he, he's a true backup. Uh, Sam Ellinger with Indianapolis is at sixty seven. There's some thoughts that he could be the Taysom Hill there. Yeah, I, I don't. I think he could also not make the team. Sixty eight is Ian Book in New Orleans. Which made no sense to me from right. start. I guess he's going to make the team, but he shouldn't. 69 is Blake Bortles in Green Bay. I mean, if Rodgers isn't a Packer, by the way, they signed two quarterbacks this week. Yeah, they're yeah. telling you that they something might be up. Either they don't think Aaron's coming back or they're going to, or he's not coming back. Yeah. You don't sign two quarterbacks after the draft. Not that Bortles is a big name, but he's not free either. No, no. You know? And then finally, the last guy on the list. Boy, it'll be the last on this list. Man, it's a bad list. 70 players. Chase Daniel is number and 70. Just keeps making four or five million a year <laughs> or whatever and cashing the checks and holding the clipboard and doing what he does. 
Um, quick question, sort of like I mentioned before. If I could give you the top tier or the field, you'd take the field, right? To be the number one quarterback when it's all said and done? The first three are pretty good. They are. I mean, it's Mahomes, Allen, and Murray. And Mahomes is always in that mix. But I would probably take the field just because of the injury right. issues. Right, right. And, I mean, and every you're year taking, we've had an You're Allen taking the or... field over three guys. If, if those three guys all miss a game or two, mm-hmm. they probably don't lead the league in – what Sport. about in points per game? Do you want the top three or the field? Points per game, I want the top three. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're going to miss out on the Josh Allen this year, last year, the Lamar two years ago, the tenth, eleventh round pick that has a great year. You know, the, the yeah. field's going to get that guy, but that doesn't mean he's number one. Lamar was number uh, one. Who do you feel that guy is this year? Who is this year's Josh Allen? Who, I think everyone thinks who's this year's Burns. Lamar. It was Lamar two years ago. It was it was Josh yeah. Allen last year. Jalen Hurts is the hot one for that because the Ryans and Bradys they're not going to be that guy. I think it's Burrow. I think it could be Burrow. Burrow's better at football than than Hurts. That's yeah. my problem with Hurts is I liked Lamar two years ago as a football player. I didn't with Allen, but he was a really good football player. I don't think Hurts can have a a football season like Allen did last year. He's not going to be in the MVP conversation. No. I mean, I, 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 I don't know that Burrow will be in the MVP conversation either because they're going to win like five or six games tops. Because the, he might the be defense is so bad, player. but they're going to have to they're going to win by shootout. Shootout. Right. Keep throwing. But he might pass the eyeball test of wow, that guy is going to be a star in this league. Yeah. You know that. I don't think it would shock anyone if a year from now we thought since he not just has their quarterback, but Oh no, they have their quarterback. You know, yeah. like, I think he could be that guy. And I think the other guy on the, that I would look at there is maybe Stafford, in in mm-hmm. with the Rams. I mean, that that's an offense. Jared Goff put up big numbers in that offense. Yes. And and Matthew Stafford's a better player than Jared Goff. It's not even close. And a big reason why Goff isn't there is he didn't uncork the deep ball. Stafford and will throw the football. They signed Deshaun Jackson and drafted Tutu Atwell with their first pick. Like, we can laugh at Tutu Atwell being 150 pounds or whatever. They're going to ask him to run deep five or six times a game. But they just told you what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah. You don't sign Jackson, the two tiny people that run four twos, if you're not going to throw the ball down the field. And say what you want about Stafford, he's aggressive. Yeah. I mean, he is going to uncork deep balls where Goff didn't. And I think that made McVay crazy. Who might be those guys could be Fields or Lance. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to put that on a rookie just right. because. But but by week, week eight, Justin Fields might be an every-week starter, no-brainer yeah. for fantasy. I mean, he may be running for 50 yards a game and look really good doing it. If I had to have a sleeper as well, you, you may laugh at this one. I think Daniel Jones could be the, could be that kind of guy this year. If, um, He's better for fantasy than the real world. Absolutely, absolutely. Because he, I think they'll run him more. They started to last year. And I think, you know, because he can run. Oh, yeah. And designed runs. You and know, their like defense draws their defense and, still isn't very good. It's not. And he has weapons galore. I mean, you can dump at the Saquon, you can take it 80. Right. And I you have to respect that. You have, you have to, respect to respect their ability that. to run the football. Galladay's going to make him a better player. You know, just jump ball situations. Say what you want about Evan Ingram. You can hit him on a quick hitter, and he runs away from a linebacker. Right. It's not a bad situation for him. I mean, it's funny because a lot of these quarterbacks, Hurts, Tua, even Burrow, even Herbert, absolutely Jones, 
these teams have said, okay, we're going to give you guys weapons like crazy. And a lot of those teams I just mentioned have two first-round picks next year or even three in the Eagles' case. If you stink, now the Giants do, we'll go get our quarterback elsewhere, but this is your year. You know, yeah. I mean, it's put up or shut up time for a lot of those guys. Not Lawrence and Burrow yet, but they they, they signed. They went and got ATN in the first round. They got Jamar Chase in the first round. Like, a lot of teams are taking the same approach to their quarterback position, and a lot of them have multiple firsts next year if it doesn't work yeah. out. This Miami, is why we're talking you know. about the Steelers' quarterback could be somebody on this list. It could be the Daniel Jones. Somebody on the, the on the top right. part of this list. Somebody in those first four tiers. That's twenty five yep. guys. Right. Could be the Steelers' quarterback next year, or it could be somebody who's still in college. There's a lot on the table here because yep. teams are more willing than ever to move on from the quarterback. Right. And someone that we don't expect, you know, like the Falcons, are going to have a top five pick with a quarterback staring them in the face, with an incumbent that. They don't have any problem with, but he's older, or or they get a young guy and they're going to have to start paying him, and they don't want to pay him. Right, or Tua got hurt, and Miami wins five games, and we're going to draft our quarterback, and we're going to trade Tua for a second. But really, he didn't do anything wrong yet. You, know, yeah. you don't know any less or more about him than you did this year. We just happen or, to like this guy better because he's new. Yeah, <laughs> and you have a high pick, and so we'll just take the bird in the hand. Kind of the Darnold situation. Yeah, but you know. But there's going to be some of those. That could be Daniel Jones. That could be Tua. That could be a lot of different guys where they get hurt in the preseason. They're out for the year. They didn't do anything to hurt their stock, but you can get them for a third-round pick now. or you know, Right. Yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot more of those guys move. available. So, But that's going to do it for the Fantasy Football Focus today right. and this show. And so for my partner, Matt Williamson, for Jacob Recht here on site, keeping us on the air, I'm Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.